Welcome to Bevin to Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. Well, we might as well begin with the topic that gets the most visceral reaction from me. It makes me sick, ill, nauseous, and that is the story that came out of the five bodies of aborted babies who, well, possibly just murdered babies that were found in Washington, D.C. I don't even know. So it it was a whistleblower, you know, came to, the, I guess, like a pro-rights or pro-life organization. And I think they it's found, called, yeah, Live Action. Yeah. Oh, it was Live Action that did it? Okay. Yeah. So they, and listening to the woman describe what they found was so difficult. Um, they described first pulling out of this, um, you know, container they had or the bag, whatever it was, the body parts of fetuses. But then at the bottom were these five larger pack, um, you know, packages, whatever they were in. And they opened those to find fully developed babies with uh, differing injuries, you know, a, a head, skull, back of skull bashed in, you know, their, where their brains were sucked out, just absolutely horrifying. And um, they sent, there's signs, evidence there of them illegal, even by DC standards, illegal abortion uh, or murder, like late term or even post-birth abortion. And the medical examiner has not yet agreed to, will not do autopsies on these babies. And then, Dad, you also included that the police even called them these, yeah. referred to the babies as items. Yeah, the, the um, I, I listened to an interview with the D.C. police, and they would not refer to them as babies or bodies because that puts them in a different legal uh, category, so they referred to them as items. One of the things, I don't think the woman has been charged yet, and I was going to write her name down, but I didn't because I didn't know how relevant it really was, um, but th- of charging them with a mis, uh, improper handling of bodies, dead bodies. Um, but you can't call them bodies um, if you want, because once they become bodies, you, you know, that. Are, now do we get into the area of murder? Uh, the one child, as you mentioned, was found with uh, a, uh, a puncture in the base of the skull where the brains had been sucked out and then the skull had been collapsed, which is textbook uh, partial birth abortion technique, which is illegal, federally illegal in the United States. Um, actually, in this container, they found like the remains of like, I think they said 101. It was it was 100 plus, 101 aborted babies, then plus these five full-term, what appeared to be full-term children. And uh, and then they just referred to them as items. They called the police. They said they had these bodies. Come pick them up. The police said they'd be there that afternoon the poli- or evening. They, the police didn't even come till the afternoon of the next day. I mean, they just, it wasn't even urgent to them. And then they referred to them as items. It's just all so maddening. I heard a interview that was some years old 
with a doctor that's been doing this at this. He's the sole abortion. He's the sole doctor abortionist at this clinic, and he's been doing this for multiple decades. I heard an interview with him from some years back where he was explaining that to um, if a child is born and happens to be born before we can do the abortion and it just happens, we will not provide any type of assistance or life-giving support to that child like you would get at a hospital where he says a hospital would do everything they could to preserve the life of this child. But we will do, we will basically treat it like a, D, uh, you know, DNR, do not resuscitate. Um, and we will, and we will do nothing. I don't need to add, um, a warning for people. If I link the story that I have from uh, live action in the show notes, um, a warning that I was not prepared for scrolling down. There are very, very graphic images, which Kate and dad know could see my reaction. I'm sure I had to immediately scroll up when I came to it and uh, was fighting back tears. So it's very heartbreaking. I, in hearing the interview with the live action folks telling about what you know, the whole process was and what they had found and what they saw. Um, I, it was difficult for me not to cry, um, both obviously for these lives. When I, when I think you put the face of your children or your grandchildren on those babies, it's just unspeakable. But I also was so heartbroken for the these live action people that had to witness something that they will never unsee and I can't imagine will not affect them for the rest of their lives. I just, I felt so bad for them. I mean, I, I applaud them for being heroes and being willing to do it and to expose this. But at the same time, my heart breaks for them because they just paid an incredible price to make this publicly known. And they're never going to be able to undo that. You talk about the somebody that can throw the switch on an electric chair. Um, to me, that's nothing that, that doesn't even compare to what this abortion doctor, he is aborting hundreds and thousands of lives, one after another, after another, after another, all day long of innocent babies. That is not the same thing as occasionally throwing the switch on a convicted murderer. I, I want to know, you know, what, what does it speak to us as, us as, a, as a nation when Project Veritas, um, when that story broke, which has been a year and a half or so ago now, um, where they were, uh, and they have them on tape talking about sell, harvesting and selling baby parts for profit. How that is not a conflict. Our government helps fund Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood aborts babies and has deals with various outlets to sell the parts of those babies. So you have a profit motive to abort babies funded by our government. How is that? How did no one react to that? How, where are our pathetic Republican representatives not standing up and shouting from the highest mountaintops what is going on and trying to do something about it? What does that say about us as a nation, where we're at as a nation? Okay, I'm. I, we need to move on. I'm. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say. I don't know how long. But speaking of this. speaking of murder for profit, we can move into another one that is a little less uh, taxing, but still terrible. So last week, so we talked. We we're talking about beginning of life, but now we're gonna go to the or like early, you know, before you're born to now the end of your life. And uh, after you've lived a life, had a chance to live a life, and that is last week, I 
brought the story of the two sisters from Arizona that went to Switzerland to end their own lives at that place, whatever it was. Anyway, now this... So there are a few states, in a handful of states in the U.S. that have legal doctor-assisted suicide for people who are terminally ill. And in the story that I uh, have, it lists the states. And however, in those states, you have to be a, you have to be terminally ill. And I'm sure there's things you have to go through. And you have to be a resident of the state. California, Colorado, Hawaii, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, Vermont, Washington, and Washington, D.C. Wow, that's a lot. And Oregon. Now, Oregon has now, there was, someone brought a case that said that's discrimination that you have to be a resident in order to kill yourself here legally. And so, sh- sure enough, they uh, they changed, they re- repealed that part of it. You don't have to be a state resident anymore. So if you're terminally ill and you live in another state, you can go there. People deemed to have less than six months to live can end their lives voluntarily by taking lethal medications prescribed by a f- physician for that purpose. We're on the slippery slope to becoming Sweden. Patients must make two verbal requests to their doctor for the medication at least 15 days apart, as well as a written request signed in the presence of two witnesses. The attending physician and a consulting physician must confirm the patient's diagnosis and prognosis and determine whether the patient is capable of making healthcare decisions. Uh, if, if you're believed to be suffering from depression or another mental disorder, they can refer you for a psychological exam. So you can't do it if you're terminally ill and depressed, but only if you're terminally ill and not depressed, you can lend your life. I don't understand. Are you capable? I'm dying and I feel amazing. (gasps) Oh my goodness. They passed this in 1997. And since then in Oregon, this is Oregon alone. Some 2,159 people have, have done this. Well, I want to point out that you started this uh, out that if you were terminally ill, I got news for you, folks. You're all terminal. It's all true. We're all going to die. You're all terminal. But you have to have six months or less to live. How many people do they well, say some people have I months like to live to, uh, and then and then end up living years? Yeah, we had someone in our last in our last church that they told uh, the family to start making preparations because we're talking here in the next day, you know, two three days, whatever. And he was on all kinds of medications, just just piles and piles of pills. So he, they thought, well, if he's going to die in the next two three days, we, there's no reason to do all this. So they stopped getting all this medication. He like improved dramatically and lived for another two years. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, I don't murder for profit. Slippery slope, people. Folks, stop with the slippery slope. Everything, everything is in life is 100% slippery slope. Period. End of discussion. And to think otherwise is naive in the highest order. That is what, that is the nature of life on this planet. I, I, I want to sometimes just go online and just post, okay, everything that you've said for the last four years on the left is 100% wrong and everything I've said has been proven to be 100% right. And, And that's pretty much irrefutable. How pathetic of a human being is Mitt Romney? He's just, he's the Joe Biden of the Republican Party. He is a glad handing, 
politician with no guiding principles whatsoever. He's just the worst. He's a pretty terrible Mormon. I also thought that I really wanted to post it. I thought that when um, uh, Judge Katanji Jackson was- Katanji, yeah. They did vote, by the way, to approve approve her in the Senate. When they asked her what a woman was, I just wish she could have just held up a picture of Mitt Romney in his mom jeans. (laughs) Have you ever seen Mitt Romney's picture? Look up mom jeans. Look it up. He not only has on mom jeans- um, there's a second thing about that photograph that makes you think he's a woman, and I'm not going to say it on the podcast. I understand. I understand what you're saying. Well, you know, he's just really good at tucking. I guess. <laughs> he's just he's just the worst. He's just the worst. And what's so bizarre is like within like the last year, uh, Action Jackson um, was up for another federal judgeship, and he voted against her. Yeah. And, and now he you. comes out to affirm her. Were you going to make a were you going to make a point, Cassidy, on something? Uh it was back on the when the woman it was back on the Jackson being asked what a woman was. Right. Did you see or hear the video of Representative Bober asking Xavier Bachera what a man was and can men get pregnant? No. Xavier Bashara is the Secretary of Health and Human Services, and he was being asked in Congress, what is a man? And he, it's so obvious that he's, you know, trying to get away around, around like answering it. And he says, you're looking at one. And then the representative goes, well, that's good to hear. And then continues, um, or she says, can you define this for me? What is a man? And then he goes, you're looking at one. And Bober goes, great. So um, so then she asks, can you tell me, uh, can men get pregnant? And he says something like, unless you know something that I don't, I think it's pretty obvious. And then, so he won't answer like yes or no. So Bober said, is that your answer? And like, I'm asking you. And he goes, or I'm asking you whether there's something that you know that I don't know that they... It's it's him just trying to bend over backwards to not, not say, say it. it. And then he says, okay, well, Mr. Secretary, coming from your department, um, you've referred to mothers as birthing persons. Um, and he said, aren't mothers persons? And are mothers not persons? And Bober goes, mothers are persons, but it seems that you are trying to be, go for something more inclusive, like you want to try to include another gender. And Bachero says, I'm, you know, something about all about inclusion and the congresswoman just goes, well, there you go. Like, he just will is bending over backwards to not have to, like, answer these questions. It, yeah. Okay, I've got a, a thought on this. Here's uh, This was from a comment from a couple weeks ago when we were requested to comment on um, Bill Maher's uh, discussion on toxic masculinity in a video clip that you can find online, which I wouldn't – I don't recommend that you watch it because it's got a lot of profanity in it. But it's called Make America Grind Again. Um, So here's my very quick and very definite explanation of toxic masculinity. His answer was an affirmative, are you a man? You're looking, you know, what's a man? You're looking at one. That's masculinity. Toxic masculinity is if he had unzipped his pants and whipped it out and said, this is what a man is. That's toxic masculinity. (laughs) Are we clear on, are we clear on that now? Did you hear Pelosi has the Rona again? 
I get apparently a number of uh, people there on Capitol Hill have gotten the Rona all of a sudden. Yeah, I didn't know she had it once. Yeah, somebody had it or tested positive right after like having some big press conference or something. Well, as so, my theory is that Biden was positive and he gave it to everybody as he wandered around the room looking for somebody to talk Aimlessly, to. Aimlessly, someone talk to me. Someone <laughs> talk to me. Someone I just talk to me. I just wanted to see this like nurse in the classic white nurse's uniform come out take him by the elbow lead him off give him a cup of tapioca pudding it would have been hilarious for context this was video of uh when barack obama visited the white house recently and spoke afterwards when they're like everyone's you know walking around talking everyone's just fawning over obama and no one cares about joe biden and he looks like a lost puppy and he even calls out he's like calling out to barack and Obama just ignores him. It's it's, it's pathetic. wonderfully horrid. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I have to say this. I feel bad for, I actually feel Biden bad for him in his condition. That's not why I hate him. I hate, and I don't feel sorry for him at all, other than his, I, I mean, when a person comes to that state, that's a sad state. But he's been a pathetic, feckless, characterless, unprincipled, glad-handing politician his whole life. So I have no sympathy for that. But when I, if, if I ever turn into that, I want you guys to make sure that I, you run me for president. However, I don't have will, to understand what I'm doing. Requires, you can just run me. That requires us to have really powerful people behind just you get, who just want get my name on the vessel. ballot right in or something, you know, just somehow okay. just get my name on the ballot. Wait, we could start a new party, the senility party or something. <laughs> the tapioca party. Running under the banner of the. <laughs> I just watched a thing uh, with a guy that um, that worked for Lucent. Um, I had I wrote his name down somewhere. Where is it? Um, talking about five G and all that it will do, and how it's going. Jonathan Pelson. Yes, Jonathan Pelson. Um, he how it's going to be in everything. And already they're putting chips in people's brains and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was funny that he talked about how um, when Dick Cheney, when he got his pacemaker put in, they shut down the wireless portion of the pacemaker because they were afraid it could be hacked and that somebody could turn his heart off. And you think about it, I know people, multiple people with pacemakers, and yes, they all wirelessly connect and send the data every day from their pacemaker to their hospital. So it's definitely... It's connected wirelessly somehow. I mean, that's already being done. But 5G, he said the big thing, people talk about speed. It's not about speed. It's about the ability to handle traffic. Where right yeah. now, a 4G is like in, on a cell tower might handle like 1,000 calls at once. This will handle 100,000 calls. Yeah. And about how, the, how it's China... It's the bandwidth. Right, and how enough. China is so dominant in this area. And they're reading every... You know, they're reading massive amounts of information from I it. believe it's actually... So 5G, it has to do with... The ability, so if you look at like FOIA transforms and waves, the ability to pack more information into smaller space. And so when you de-untransform the 
run the Fourier transform backwards, right. you get the individual ones and zeros. Well, he was saying how overlapping. You know how China has been very good at taking over this this area, and and they are and they have been found uh, in multiple instances to be reading information from other countries on systems that they've installed. You know, Huawei is obviously the big one. Kate and I were having this discussion that in the U.S., Trump put a stop to Huawei, but Huawei was already here, and they actually have the cell towers that overlook. Um, Maelstrom Air Force Base in uh, Wyoming and also places like uh, Idaho, these really rural areas, they were allowed to come in. And so Huawei is in those places and they are overlooking those things. We have all kinds of missile silos there and everything else and they're sitting there looking at it. This Jonathan Pelson, if you're interested, he has a book uh, that he just released called uh, Wireless Wars. It was also interesting, Hale, he was talking about how when he was in the process um, uh, you know, of writing. Uh, anyways, China, so these companies, he was contacted. They want their, 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 and friends of his were also all contacted. They're trying to get them on their boards. They want them on their boards because they basically just want to buy them off and get information from them. And this happens like crazy. We have all, he said, there's all kinds of people that from the government and from technology that have all access to this stuff and have worked in it. And they're now sitting on the boards of these Chinese companies. Oh, did you see this big debate? Speaking of which, I didn't put it on here because I can't confirm it. Because there's a lot of chatter about how there are schools I've heard in Michigan is where the big one was. And I heard one in Illinois, too, where the schools have in, uh, allowed the installation of litter boxes for girls who, <gasps> I who, did hear that. who uh, identify as cats. Now, I can't find anything to confirm it. There's a lot of screaming back. No, this isn't happening. No, this isn't happening, which generally means you will find out six months from now it, it is happening. So I, I don't know. That's why I didn't put it on the notes. Well. I just want to know who cleans them. Maybe it's one of those fancy ones that spins and like filters out the... <laughs> Speaking of unicorns and gender craziness, and apparently beyond gender, identifying a cat, was it yesterday? We're recording this on Thursday, April 7th, by the way. I believe it was yesterday that was Asexual Visibility Day, International Asexual Visibility Day. Well, I heard there is a website, asexuals.net, in case you're wondering. And there is a spectrum from ace to Z of all these different kinds. And I was listening to a show and they were reading these off earlier. And he says, Cade Sexual. There's a Cade Sexual, And my That's mind right. was blown Okay, it's C-A-E-D. Yes, so I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> and I, so I had to look it up and I found it. And Cade Sexual is also known as Cato Sexual and is a micro label under the asexual spectrum. A Cade Sexual is someone who feels they were allosexual, which I have no idea what that is. We'll look that up at some point in their life but are now asexual due to past trauma. Allosexual is somebody who uses a lot of aloe vera. That's what I was wondering. Yes. I have. They don't even have a link for allosexual on here, no, so they how don't. am I supposed to know what that is? But I, I do have a question. I looked at that page, too, and I had heard this cage sexual thing a couple of days ago. Um, I, I want to know, if asexuality is, in fact, a thing, uh, then if evolution is legitimate, then they'll disappear. We will reach we should reach a point where there are no asexuals, right? Oh, apparently allosexual is just the opposite of it's just if you're not asexual. The fact that asexuals exist invalidates the theory of evolution. 
That's because you don't want to reproduce. Yeah. The drive to yeah. That trait would that trait would be what do you call it? Out. It'd be cycled out over time because it wouldn't be passed on. That's how evolution works. Yes. Oh. But is it a genetic trait? Oh, if they do say that your sexuality is. A if there is your... no God, then it is yeah. all genetic trait. This is this is fair. Well, unless you're asexual bec- as a result of past trauma. Well, then you're not asexual. Case. You're cage sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say something. Cage is not any, is not any of this that we're talking about. No, it's just funny. He has a beautiful wife and two beautiful little daughters. So I had uh, I had putting down uh, on our notes the idea of because I've been really thinking about this lately and I don't know we really don't need to explore this very far but if you were president who were the some of the people you would start to uh, compile around you as your team I thought that was an interesting question I can tell and you my number one call um, what um, now I can't remember yeah. Um, <sighs> I, I want to say because I see and they look alike. Vivek, it's not Vivek Ramashami. It's um, oh my gosh. Yeah, never mind. Dad we said to, we when to, he we when, to, yeah. when he gets into the yeah, state so, of Joe Biden. So I guess I'm ready to run to for run president. Him, huh? It's time to run him for president. <laughs> um, yeah, I am. Pre, uh, okay. I know uh, Pre Barack. No, it's, no, what? That, that's the oh. that's the that's the Twitter guy. What's no, his name? That's though? not who you mean. No, I know that that's the Twitter guy. Mean. Are you talking about Dinesh D'Souza? No, no. <laughs> Just naming Indian people. <laughs> I, you know. But I thought about this and I thought, well, unfortunately, the first people, all the people you think of, are just the politicians, and I don't necessarily want politicians. I thought Carol Swain. Carol Swain. I, 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 who's that? She is a black female professor who got basically run out of her job for saying reasonable things and like free speech type things and all that. And anyway, she's came from like has a background. Like if you listen to her story, it would sound similar to like a Clarence Thomas background upbringing. And so the idea of like, okay, please tell me how I'm racist and sexist and all. I guess you could say I'm sexist because I picked a woman and I'm a woman. But Anyway, I would if my first call was a black female. I also thought I would call Kaylee McEnany. Yes. I would call Kaylee McEnany because I she's love amazing. her and I read her book and she's amazing. She's amazing. Plus, her husband is a professional baseball player and then I could get hookups in baseball. My first call is if I could get them to come, it'd be people like Thomas Sowell, uh, Victor, David, yeah. ha- Victor Davis Hanson, people like that. I wouldn't be calling politicians. Yeah. He, I know he's very old. He's very old. But you know what? Very you know what though? You know what though? I would ask guys like Thomas Sowell, okay, if you aren't able to do it, which I understand, who would you recommend? Who? Yeah, who exactly. would you? Yeah. Yep. Would you call Larry Elder? Nah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want some black guy in a, in a KKK hood coming into my office. <laughs> we obviously don't think that about Larry Elder. <laughs> no, but that's what they I say. That, I, feel, I feel that I need to specify. That's what the left thinks. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Who would I who would I put around me? I just know that I would tell people from day one. A bunch of people that came here from countries like that, escaped North that Korea. Know what totalitarianism and came here. Yes. is. Yes. Yeah, that's true. If you fled Iran or North Korea or you know Cuba yeah, you know, or then, Venezuela, then I want to I want to talk to you. I would like to talk to you. <laughs> yes. 
you get an automatic interview. Yep. How true. <laughs> Well, are we getting ready to wrap up? Or is there something sure. else you want to talk about? You want to tell me that Janet Because I have one last comment. Home? Yes. After I have been listening to this woman for a year. <laughs> I've been listening to this woman for a year she as a secretary, like as a secretary of treasury. And I have come to a conclusion that the greatest gift that she possesses is to serve as the model for a lawn gnome. I would like to say that he put this in the notes for the show. I saw it. This was like a couple minutes before we started. I Googled her, and then I Googled, I th- and I thought, this is a Photoshop I could probably pull off. And I Googled female lawn gnome, and about the second or third line, I didn't even have to Photoshop it, because I found a lawn gnome already that looks just like her. But a Photoshop would be better. Yeah. So maybe we'll attach one. I'll Photoshop one. I'll Photoshop her face onto that lawn gnome, yeah. and maybe we'll tweet it out. She, I'm telling you, if you just put a, a, a white beard and a red pointed hat on her, she looks just like the tra- the roaming gnome on the Travelocity commercials. I was thinking how, I heard somebody bring this up, the, uh, that if, oh, it was on a Megan Kelly podcast. She had on a, a group of guys, I forget the name of their podcast. Anyways, they said, if you could do everything completely wrong, what would you change about this administration? They've done everything, everything you can possibly do wrong. Yes. And I thought about the, and I, and then if I, you were, if you were trying to destroy the right. country, what would you do differently? And the, um, and I just so happened <laughs> like right after that, I watched uh, the Seinfeld opposite episode and uh, I would, I got thinking about this as unfortunately this is not Seinfeld because it's not working out quite the way it did for George. Best Seinfeld episode there is the opposite. If every instinct that I have is wrong, then the opposite, the opposite. would be right. <laughs> I've set aside every every uh, inclination I've had to, to common sense and good judgment. <laughs> and then Jerry says, well, if that's true, then your God would have to be the Antichrist. Because <laughs> he said, this is now my religion. And Jerry goes, if that's true, Speaking then your the God is the Antichrist. Stay tuned for next week. <laughs>